Welcome to EarthWise, Reflections on Earth-Based Spirituality. I'm Anu Dudley with The Story of April. The poet T.S. Eliot once wrote, April is the cruelest month. I used to think he was referring to that feeling of frustration I get in April when the days are longer and brighter and the air milder and fresher, and yet the earth is still covered with snow or is melting into mud and I can't really do much outside except snowshoe in the woods. But by April, the snow collapses under my snowshoes with each step, making me feel impatient and annoyed when I want to feel peaceful and happy. The poet Cyril Connolly observed that spring is a call to action, but this ultimately leads to disillusionment as spring gives way to fall. Another poet, Christopher Morley, wrote, April prepares her green traffic light, and the world thinks, go! But April eventually leads to October, whose red traffic light says, stop. What a disappointment. Everything comes to an end, even the enchantments of April. But lest we become too despondent about April, as these poets did, It's good to remember that the month of April is named for the goddess Aphrodite and was originally called the month of Aphrodis. Aphrodite is known to us today as the goddess of sexual love, a fitting epithet for the April of springtime, the birds and the bees, and the land being aroused to fertility. April can be so seductive with her soft, caressing breezes, sweet bird song, and blush of faint green upon the hillside as the grand spring courtship of nature begins. But in ancient times, Aphrodite was much more than just a goddess of sexual love. Historically, Aphrodite originated in what is now Libya on the northern coast of Africa, and some suggest that the entire continent of Africa was named for Aphrodite. From here, her worship spread up the east coast of the Mediterranean and into the Middle East, where she was identified with Ishtar, Asherah, and Inanna. She then moved into the Mediterranean to Cyprus and along the northern coast, which would become Greece and France and Spain. Eventually, in the Christian era, she was even associated with Mother Mary. This wide identification was due to Aphrodite's role as the great goddess who governed the world by the natural law of the ancient mother clans. Aphrodite was the archaic triple goddess, maiden, mother, and crone. As the maiden, she was the creator, manifesting the springtime and ordering of elements to form the individual. As the mother, she was the preserver, embodying the fullness of summer, and the nurturing of life. And as the crone, Aphrodite was the destroyer, emanating peace, the peace of dissolution at the end of life. By seeing Aphrodite in her totality, we can begin to appreciate why April could be thought by some as the cruelest month, arousing with tantalizing promises, which later fall to the ground like autumn leaves in October. Aphrodite was the queen of the sea from which all life arose. She was called foam-born, arising out of sea foam, 
people noticed that when the waves churned the seawater, the solid substance of foam was produced, and took this as an example of Aphrodite's creative powers, making material substance out of water. Aphrodite was also called the Queen of Heaven. As her epithet, the Golden One, suggests, she was a sun goddess. Each day her golden rays warmed and lit the earth so that plants could grow and people could go about their days living in accordance with nature. And so April, the month of Aphrodite, fills our days with sunshine, rain, green sprouting leaves, the promise of a rich summer, a bountiful autumn, and a peaceful dissolution into winter before she manifests once more as spring. Blessed be. You've been listening to Earthwise, Reflections on Earth-Based Spirituality. I'm Anu Dudley.